This year, Jordan and I went to Hawaii to celebrate our 10-year wedding anniversary. We had an amazing trip all around, but there's one day for me that really stuck out. Jordan and I are not truly outdoorsy people. We try to be, and living on top of a mountain with nothing to do but study, hit the gym, and hike for three years certainly helped. But that day in Hawaii, we made our way to our first national park, Hawaii Volcanoes, on the big island of Hawaii. As we started the morning by listening to the park ranger talk about volcanoes and the formation of the Hawaiian islands, we became convinced we should hike one specific trail that demonstrated the best lava formations Hawaii volcanoes had to offer. So when the talk ended, we rushed to the trailhead with our bottles of water in hand. Several hours later, we had wandered across hard black lava fields on a fairly hot Hawaiian day. We had gone around different formations, been passed by many parties, identified a whole lot of interesting plants that can only grow out of lava, and almost been attacked by the nene, an endangered Hawaiian goose that is not any nicer than the American or Canadian geese we are also fond of here. Finally, we reached it, the top of a summit that overlooked a gigantic volcanic crater. And as we looked down the summit across the crater and looked back at the winding path we had spent hours walking, which of course did not look like it was that far of a distance from our elevation, we were both filled with a sense of awe. Looking across these black lava fields that crashed into the ocean, we felt like we were standing at the beginning of creation. We could see how God had formed the earth. We could see how God molded the dry land. The prologue of John makes me feel the same sense of wonder and awe that I felt while standing on that summit. So far this Advent and Christmas season, we have focused on the tangible, the historical. The prophets of the Hebrew scriptures told the people a Messiah was coming. Elizabeth and Zechariah, thought to be barren, gave birth to John the Baptist, the voice in the wilderness preparing the way for Jesus. Gabriel appeared to Mary and called her to be the mother of God. Joseph, with a very pregnant Mary, came from Nazareth and went to Bethlehem. There, seven-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus was born in a stable <laughs> and wrapped in whatever material they could find. Shepherds appeared to tell the new parents what they'd heard from the angels about Jesus, the end. It's all very earthly and concrete. It's familiar and almost comfortable. But John takes us from the birth to the incarnation. John tells us the perspective not of mortals, but of God. John's writing is not historical or factual. John's writing is poetic and is full of imagery. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Or, let me start that one over again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. John's prologue is not about the facts. John's words are about the images, the mystery, 
You can almost see the swirl of the cosmos as you hear the words of John. John's prologue is about the feeling of Jesus, the feeling of light, warmth, radiance. John's prologue is about the mystery of Christ. Yes, Christ entered the world as a baby, a small infant child. And the birth of a child is amazing in its own way, but really a common occurrence. However, this tiny baby was God himself. This divine being, God, who had been around since before the universe was born, would for a time become human and would experience all of the worldly things we too experience. Hunger, fear, joy, suffering, and death. John skips the earthly, the mortal, and takes us straight toward contemplating the magnificence of the divine. But that's not where John ends. Every year, I get a kick out of trying to find the perfect kids' gifts on Amazon to send far and wide to our friends' kids. Most of them are still very young, and I am not a good judge of age appropriateness. So these kiddos end up with some pretty interesting gifts from Aunt Lisa and Uncle Jordan. This year, I was tickled to find a whole set of science books for toddlers. They were on sale, and I figured at least the nerdy parents I was sending them to would get a kick out of them. So I, I hit the buy now button and uh, on, on three specific books, quantum physics for babies, <laughs> organic chemistry for babies, and general relativity for babies. See how they say for babies, so I got the age group right, right? Well, next time we visited, the toddler in question ran over with her new books and demanded I read them aloud. <laughs> Now, I don't understand much about quantum physics, organic chem, or general relativity. But sure enough, these books actually did a decent job of breaking down incredibly complicated scientific concepts into something I could almost make sense of. I can't say I understood any of these subjects fully afterward, but I at least gained some understanding where I had none before. And this is where John goes with the birth story of Jesus. He starts with the mystery and the beauty of God, and then tells us that this word, this abstract, this divine, became man. In fact, a man we have met, and who has revealed the mystery of God to us. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, give us Jesus the man with a little divine thrown in. Only Luke gives us the story of Jesus' birth. But John, John gives us Jesus as God come down as mortal for a time. John connects the divine, the timeless, the all-powerful God, and the fragile mortal man that will hang on the cross in 30 years. John gives us life and light and grace and truth. And all of it found in the man of Jesus. John takes the huge task of describing God, of describing God's work through Jesus, and makes it accessible 
for those of us sitting in the pews this morning, where there may have been no understanding before, John helps us to catch a glimpse of the divinity of Christ. We can get hung up on the mystery of the human and divine natures of Jesus. And in fact, we wouldn't be the first Christians to do so. The division of the Eastern and Western churches, the fights at many of the councils, and many of our denominational divides were fights over how best to define the mysterious nature of God. And while it may be easier to think of Jesus as a seven-pound, eight-ounce baby lying in a manger somewhere, we would be shortchanging God. Yes, Jesus came into this world as a baby. And... Jesus came into this world as God. And it is only because Jesus entered the world as both mortal and deity that he was able to offer us salvation. It is only because Jesus entered this world as human and divine that we have access to this life, this light, this truth, and this grace. And it is only because Jesus entered the world as a mild infant and undefinable God that we can have eternal life. Amen. Amen. And Merry Christmas.